Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verse 17, and then chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. The title of this sermon is, Behold, He is Coming. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. In Joel chapter 2 verses 11, probably one of the scariest verses in the Bible. The Lord gives voice before his army for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? Terrible. Many will die. Many who are pridefully following the culture, chasing money, chasing false religions, just like they were doing in the days of Malachi, they'll be judged. But what we think is for some reason, I can stand before the Lord. I'm going to be good, right? I'll take my good that outweighs my bad, and I'll, I'll get in. Or you think, well, I'm Jehovah, or I'm Hindu, or I'm Buddhist, or I'm Muslim, and all roads lead to heaven. They don't. They don't. Off to hell you go. And your good will never outweigh the bad because it only requires one sin. One. And you probably knocked that one out by age four. When your hand was in the cookie jar and your mom asked you, Is your hand, did you get a cookie? No. You let, nobody teach you how to lie. You just learn to lie on your own because we have a sin nature in us. Did you hit your brother? Man, can you imagine today? Right? Because you can just go look at the video. Let me look at the camera. Where's the camera at? Let me look at the video. Did you hit your brother? It's right here. You lied, bro. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 22 says, If anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Lord, O come. God will judge. And he is sending his son to judge. Nahum chapter 1, verse 6 says, Who can stand before his indignation? And who can endure the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like a fire. And the rocks are thrown down by him. When Jesus returns, it's not going to be the Lamb of God. It's not the little hippie Jesus, that, which is not true. I mean, let's just be real. All right? I, it, it always blew me away. I, I've had people throw that in my face. Well, you believe in a blue-eyed Jesus? And I'm like, no. I, I, Jesus was probably Middle Eastern, so he doesn't look anything like that. You know, that's something that somebody drew up. I don't care what he looks like as long as he's my savior and my messiah. That's all I care about. We can do the appearance thing. I'm good, you know. I'm your child. That's all I want to know. 
But his fierceness and his anger, you're not going to be able to stand and endure it. But a lot of people in our, in our culture think they're going to be able to. And, and do you know what the saddest part is? They have a conscience. They already know that they're in sin. They already know that they're separated from God. They know it already. It's, it's, and, and guess what? Creation cries out. God is constantly trying to speak to them. But eventually He'll give them up to a debased mind. So we know that Jesus, the prophecy was fulfilled and this promise was kept because we know John the Baptist was born. Right? People will say, well, the Bible is not, not true. We see prophecy after prophecy fulfilled. It's sad. But he says that they are a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. And so the difference here is God's judgment is different because the refiner's fire and the fuller's soap was actually the intent not to destroy. If you're his child, the refiner's fire and the, the, the launderer's soap is to clean you, to sanctify you, to prepare you for heaven. That's what you're going through right now. You go through justification just as if you did not sin, right? As you repent and you turn to Christ to follow Him. And then you go through sanctification and eventually you'll be in glorification where you're born into heaven. But he's talking about the two differences here. He's talking about the, uh, the refiner's fire and the launderer's soap as, as, as not to destroy, is to purify. So let's look at verses 3 through 5 as we look at purify and purge. And it says, He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi. Like, he, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to take care of this. That's what God is saying. I, 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 I got this. Like, this should scare the people to turn from their sin and to start walking right with God. And purge them as gold and silver that they may, may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. He is a smelter, a purifier of silver. So he's, again, he's not going to destroy, but he's going to purify his people Israel. And there will be a lot of Jews that will come to faith. God is not done with the nation of Israel. There are some that teach that, and that's biblically wrong. There will be many during the tribulation that will come to faith that are Jews and believe in Jesus Christ. And many will be martyred, but he's not done with Israel. In Zechariah 13, 1, it says, in that, day, in that day a fountain shall be opened from his house of David and for all inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanliness. He's referring to the second coming of Christ there. And see, these Levites were, were living on their own righteousness. And a lot of people will try to live on their own righteousness. But eventually, what he does is as he... The smelter and the refiner, what he does with the gold and the silver is he burns the impurities out. So when you first come to faith, into the fire you go. Into the refiner's fire you go. If you ever watch any of those shows, Baron Sea Gold or Gold Rush or any of those, the gold is dirty when it first comes up out of the ground or from the rivers in Alaska. And they have to clean it. And they, they set that fire hot and they pour, put that gold in and all the impurities come up and they scrape it off and they do it over and over and over until there's no impurities. And when the person who's refining it can see their reflection in the mirror, they're, it's like they're looking at a mirror and that's what Jesus is wanting with your life. 
He's removing those impurities, those things that you think, oh, it's not a big deal. No, it needs to go. Into the fire you go. It's got to go. I want people to see Christ in you. He's trying to remove those substances. And in verse 4 it says, And the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the day of old, days of old, as in former years. So he's like, I'm going to refine. And, he, and he, I love what he's saying here. He's like, I'm going to purify your worship. Lord, do we need this today? Think about that just for a second. Do we need to purify our worship today? Yes. Big time. Big time. But he's like, your worship will actually be precious to the sounds of God's ears. And, and, and it, it pleases God. It, because you're praising Him properly. Do you realize that like a lot of people will... like I, I, I can tell you from my last church, a lot of people will show up to worship at the last song. And interrupt worship all the way going to the front aisle. Because they're, they don't, it's not a big deal to them. Or while the pastor's teaching, they'll get up in the middle of Pastor Joe's going. And you're like, they'll get up and go out the side door in front of Joe. The sta- the, you know, the stage is here and they go right out and, they, and, and cross the whole stage. <laughs> and what does everybody do? They go and interrupt worship. Right? We don't think about those things. But then there's also the other side of it when we think about the worship of, of music. The way that we worship God through song. We've gotten out of hand with this. It needs to be purified. It needs to go back into the refiner's fire. It has to. We've gotten away from worshiping God and worshiping self is what we do now. But what he's doing is like, as you praise me, you're trusting me, you're worshiping me. It's because you're trusting me when you're going through difficult times. That, that you trust the refiner, the smelter. You trust him as he puts you in the fire. Like, do what you need to do, God. I trust you. It's going to hurt. The trials, the tribulations, the sufferings, the things that need to be pulled out of you that need to go. You're hanging on to this from your childhood. It needs to go. It's affecting your marriage. It needs to go. And he's trying to remove it. And he's doing that in all of our lives. But he's saying, look, at some point, I'm going to, the nation of Israel, there'll be a worship back in the days of old, the way it's supposed to be, and they'll worship me as in the days of old. It'll be pure again. In verse 5, it says, And I will come, to you, come near you for judgment. So they wanted justice. Well, here comes the judge, right? Here comes the judge. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Now, they said, where is the God of justice? Well, here he comes. Here comes the God of justice. But do you understand Something that's in that, he says, I will be a what? A swift witness. He's witnessed everything that you, you ain't getting away with nothing. Everything that's going on up here that you think that nobody knows about, God knows. God knows. He's a swift witness. Like if he brings swift judgment, we live in the age of grace and mercy. But there'll be a time when there's swift judgment. And it's going to come. But he says against who? 
He's, he's talking about now when that swift judgment comes, he's talking about the, the, the dispensation of his judgment. And that deals with the time of the tribulation, the great tribulation. And he'll deal with swift judgment. And he's going to deal with all the things that you think you might be getting away with. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, it says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. When he's talking about that, and also in Jeremiah 30, verse 7, Alas, for the, the day is great, so that no one is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. He's talking about at this time, when they're trying to bring a one-world system of banking and government and religion, the Antichrist will bring peace among the religions. Peace with the Jews and the, the Arabs. The Muslims. And then at that moment, at the abomination of desolation, he will require you to worship him and him alone. And if you don't, you'll be martyred or killed. You're done. And that's when the mark of the beast and all the other things happen and then the great tribulation happens. We went over all of this and when we went over Daniel chapter, uh, the, the book of Daniel. And if you want to read, we, we spent probably two teachings just on the tribulation explaining it because a lot of people don't understand it like the church is not going to be here when all that pops off so just fyi because god's not going to leave his church here to be beat up we're, we're his bride but judgment will come and it will come quickly swiftly but he says against sorcerers now those are anyone that practices witchcraft or cast spells we just read about the, the Cosmopolitan magazine showing you how to cast a spell. TikTok is teaching our children how to cast spells. Did you know in Italian you had people actually casting spells in their high school? The kids were. A lot, of, a lot of parents don't know that. They were actually casting spells in the high school for certain things to happen within the school. So this stuff, you think, well, that doesn't happen in small towns. Well, guess what? You don't live in a small town no more. Because everybody has one of these. Small towns are done. They can go outside the small town. Remember back in the day, you could only know what was around your small town. That's all you had. Now they have these. They can go outside your small town. As long as they have internet, they have one of these. They can go outside of it. A lot of people didn't realize that they were casting spells in the, in the high school of Natalia. And we kept telling them, something's wrong. Something's happening. We've been trying to get in that school for three years. And then we found out. One of the little girls came to faith. She attends Divine High School now. And she told us we were casting spells in the high school. So that stuff is real. Exodus 22 verse 18. And thank the Lord we don't, we, you know, we live in the New Testament time. Because in Exodus 22:18, you shall not allow a sorceress to live. <laughs> it's just, they'll be done with you. Right, Deuteronomy 18.10, verse 11. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up. And then you have adulterers. And we all know what that is. In Exodus 20, verse 14, it says, You shall not commit adultery. Leviticus 12, 20 verse 10 says, If there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, 
One who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. And Jesus elevated that and said, If you look at lust at a woman, and women, if you do that with men, you're committing adultery. So every time you bust open Pornhub, you're committing adultery. Every time you go, oh, I want to watch Magic Mike, don't do it. Don't do it. What are you doing? See, we, we always look at it on the men's side, right? Right? The women do lust too now. You want abs. I get all that. You're married. Those days are done. Not unless you got somebody who likes to work out. Those days are done. You know, let's just be honest. But you need to be very careful what you're lusting after. Because you can get on those shows, 90 days and counting, and all that mess, and, and be lusting after the wrong thing, and walking right into adultery. But he says there'll be swift justice. He also says for perjurers, and that's for anyone who takes an oath. And I told you all about the FBI agent in, in San Francisco who lied. Under oath. Under oath. But do you know that that's the biggest problem we have with our justice system now is people lie under oath. They put their hands on the Bible. You swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. And they will swear to God and lie. Proverbs 19.5 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. It'll come out. It'll come out. And then he says, Against those who exploit wage earners, Wage earners. Leviticus 19.13 You shall not cheat your neighbor nor rob him. The wages of him who hired him hired shall not remain with you all night until morning. This is a huge problem because the U.S. government is complicit in this. We opened up our borders and we have people being cheated out of their wages every day. We have, we have immigrants that are working in our country that are being cheated out of their wages. And we're complicit in it. And that, that would be no different than a boss short, uh, you know, cutting short, uh, uh, shortcutting your pay. It's like you're exploiting the worker. But he also says two other things here. Exploiting the widows and the orphans. Sadly, there are a lot of people that take advantage of both. They take advantage of both. He's like, oh, there'll be swift justice. It's coming. God help you. If you take advantage of a widow. Because you know who she's married to now? Jesus. She's still in that covenant with Jesus. You're coming up against the wrong husband. Understand that. Understand that. And are we taking advantage of orphans in this country? Yes. We're allowing them to come through the border. We've got, I don't know how many, 85,000 kids missing. Missing. Again, as a nation, oh, we got problems. We got things that we need to repent of. Do you not think that there has been judgment? Do you not think that this nation could fall in two years that quick? That fast, it's, been, it's just a spiral. This nation was founded under God. And it's, it's, it's being judged. It's being judged. Exodus chapter 22, verses 22 through 24. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way, and this is very important you get this, and they cry out at all to me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath will become hot, and I will kill you with the sword. And your wife shall be widows and your children fatherless. If you've been taken advantage of, just cry out. Just cry out. 
That's it. But he says, finally, because they did, they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. You know, sadly, this is probably one of the, the hardest words in the Bible to try to wrap our heads around is the fear of the Lord. Because we use words like awe and reverence, and I don't think we understand it completely. Fear of the Lord is like the beginning of wisdom. It's awe, it's reverence, right? But do we really grasp that fear of the Lord? Because if we did, we wouldn't be doing the things we're doing, right? And that's what's important about this is that we, if we fear God, we'll stop doing it. You wouldn't be caught cheating on your taxes and cheating people out of their wages if you run a small business. You wouldn't be caught in adultery. You wouldn't be perjury. You know, be, a, be someone who's lying under oath. But see, what we don't understand and what we forget is like the Lord is coming back and next week we'll actually look at more of that as we finish up chapter, chapter 3 and chapter 4 next week. Um, the warnings are there. The signs are there. Just like the people at Mount St. Helen that said, oh, it'll never happen. They've been saying that for 50, 60 years. There are people that are saying the same thing about Jesus. Oh, it's been 2,000 years. They've been saying that. The Christians have been saying that forever, that he's returning, right? It'll come like a thief in the night. Are you going to be a child of God, or are you going to be a child that dies in your sins and goes to hell? See, this is the attitude of us as, as believers in Christ, is that we, we should have a sense of urgency about living our life for Jesus. That we would actually have a fear of God. That we would actually stand for the things that, that God needs us to stand for. If it goes against the word of God, we stand up and we speak. And you go, well, that's the pastor's job. No, it's your job too. It's your job to, you know, I was reading a, a, a thing the other day and they said the most, the, the, and especially as we come into Advent season, that's probably the two times a year people come to church is Christmas and, and Easter. And, and the, most pe- the most people that come to church are those that are invited. It's like 86%. You know how much people come to church from marketing? 2%. You got to invite somebody. You have to actually, hey, are, you know, do you know Jesus? Yeah, they're going to tell you yes. But do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do, did you choose to follow Jesus and repent of your sin? Be real with them. You should be able to get your testimony out in three minutes. Easily. And the only way you get better at doing that is by practicing it. And the only way you practice it is by sharing it. you got to start doing that. Christians need to start doing that. But again, revival begins with us. Because I don't want... I'm not going to sit there and go, Where's the God of justice? We all want the God of grace and mercy, right? But we need to be praying for our nation. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. We'll close here. It says, Though a sinner does evil a hundred times... And its days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before Him, but it will not be well with the wicked, nor will He prolong His days, which are a shadow, because He does not fear, does not fear before God. We need to have a reverence and an awe of God, and, 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 and part of that fear is to understand the beauty of His grace. Part of that fear is to understand that he is holy, right? To me, it, it, when I read about the second coming of Christ, it's scary. I don't want anybody to have to go through that judgment. 
You read about them being pushed through the wine press? We shouldn't, every one of us should not want that for anybody in this world today. But we have to stop dealing treacherously with each other within the church and with each other in our marriages. We have to stop worshiping foreign gods, false gods, right? And you go, well, the church doesn't do that. Have you ever heard of Christian yoga? Yeah, people, it's happening in churches today. You're worshiping to a Hindu god. What is wrong with y'all? Like this, this, why participate in yoga? Well, you shouldn't be. You need to do Christian stretching. Just go out and stretch. I'm just being real. You people, I know a lot of Christians that go to yoga. And it's like, what are you doing? You're worshiping to that God. But they, it's what you allow, just like the, the nation of Israel during the time of Malachi, what you allow in your life. But what God is trying to reach you with privately, deal with it before he makes it public, okay? And you go, I don't have a problem with anger. And you're over there slamming things and knocking things and, that, and then your, your stuff goes out in front of everybody. And then you have to deal with your sin. And can I tell you the greatest, the greatest thing to deal with sin requires one thing, humility. It requires humility. You have to put that pride away. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 